Hello and welcome to Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking. With me, Alice Sheridan. And me, Louise Fletcher. I'm laughing reading that because I want to talk about emails today and I'm not sure that feeds my creative soul at all. Or will be humorous. <laughs> can, we, can we talk... <laughs> Can we talk instead about playing with raw canvas and doing your own stretching? Let's save that for another week. Okay, let me first give you a little introduction about why I thought I want to talk about emails today. Because we could have also titled this Don't Panic, Alice. Because <laughs> last night at the end of a rather busy day, I just had an urge that I needed to sign into my mailing list with mailer light don't know why just sounds some kind of intuitive nudge and first of all I had problems logging in which I thought was a bit weird because like I know what my password is and they send you a code and everything's fine wouldn't let me in anyway then somehow I did manage to get in and all I could see on screen was a big banner that said this account is closed you can upgrade to move a thousand people to a new free mailer light account or pay and I thought well I am paying plus I can see all my people below but I couldn't do anything and what was worse was this was 9 30 on Friday on the 14th of February and it said you have until the 15th of February to do something about this or I presume they would delete everyone Right. So, yeah, quite a little bit of panic here. What I finally figured out was I pay for my mailer light account a year at a time because it's a little bit cheaper that way. They haven't sent me a reminder for payment. I don't know what date it renews. I put a reminder in my diary for next year now. Yeah. But they'd sent a reminder, they hadn't sent a reminder, but the payment had elapsed. I hadn't paid. So they give you sort of 14 days, I guess, but without any, no notification. No, your payment has failed. No, your account has expired. No, you have three days left. You have 14 days left. No communication at all, which was really kind of quite extraordinary um anyway so I paid and it's all there but in the process of doing that I had a little bit of an email sort out as you do once you're in for these things so I just wanted to talk about how we use email lists but should we have a little bit of a creative break first okay yes please <laughs> she's like do we really have to talk about this today <laughs> um so what have you other than that what's been going on well, I've been um, I've been doing two creative projects, one arty and one um, I suppose technical. But my art tribe membership group, similar to you, I know they grow over time. Memberships are not like courses where you set them up and then it stays that way, but they grow over time and it becomes unwieldy and unmanageable, and mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense anymore the way it was originally set up. Or mine doesn't anyway. So. I had to knuckle down because I don't like having to sit still and do things, but I had to knuckle down and make a plan, which I'd partly done with, with Tracy, who helps me manage the group a few weeks ago. But then I had to go through it personally myself and see how it felt when I looked at it. And so I've got that done largely. And uh, it's been really good in that once you reorganize, you see where the gaps are mm -hmm. and and see what needs adding and so there there's a content plan for the next few years sorted out really once once we did that so that was good and then I had a couple of days I've had a couple of days or a day and a half in the studio and I've been doing what we talked about last week just experimenting with all sorts and being feeling really creative after a long period of not feeling like that at all and feeling like yeah. I was having to force it yeah so that's nice. And it maybe it comes along with spring. Maybe it comes, I mean, I know it's February, but February always starts to feel a bit more, gets a bit lighter. The mm -hmm. quality of the light changes in February, I find. It's just got a little tiny twinge of hope to it that this winter thing is ending fairly soon. And by the way, I always look forward to winter. And then when it's like by the end of January, I'm like, 
I'm done You're now. Done. I'm ready for spring. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, what have you been up to? Yeah, we've had some lovely bright days, haven't we? And things are growing again in the garden, possibly earlier than they should be, but we won't yes. about that yeah. today. Um, yeah, I've had some nice time in the studio. I got out a big pack of raw, unstretched canvas that I bought a while ago. I'm beginning to recognise in myself that things that feel challenging, sometimes I really have to do in stages. Like sometimes I can jump straight in and sometimes I really have to stagger the stages out and do it in, you know, put a bit of time in between the steps. Now, somebody at some point along the line must have said to me, stretching canvases is really hard. So Mm. in my head, it's become a really hard thing to do. (laughs) So I had some old stretchers that I had taken the canvases off and reframed in a different way and I'd ordered the raw canvas but I kept putting off doing it and the other day I did it it's not that hard (laughs) I'm not very good at it I must admit having tried it I find it quite hard do you I don't have the strength the physical strength to uh yeah I just found it quite difficult but you're more practically minded than me so I can and see I do have an electric stapler from the time I tackled the sofa yeah. which definitely yeah. helps on the hands I think yeah um yeah but my my kind of inner perfectionist kind of quite enjoys doing the corners I've discovered so so I did everybody that. listening does this sound as mad to you as it does to me <laughs> well do you know the reason that I've done it partly is because we have the other thing that we've done is we had a, a group meeting I'm doing I've got two shows this year so I've got a group show um, at the end of May and then another one a solo with a gallery in uh, September I think it's going to start and yeah so I've been thinking about what to order what panels I've got what canvases I've got and Jackson's is just out of stock on the pre-stretched big ones it's just out of stock and it has been for ages so I thought right well I've got the canvas let's do it on a small one and then let's see what size big ones I want to order so yeah it kind of needs must really but um yeah so I'll see how I go with that it's yeah we've come up with a name for the first show which is nice it feels like it has a little bit of a space to exist in now you know something but it goes from being a bit amorphous and vague to something that's gradually more and more concrete yeah it feels like we're really working towards something now so I'm happy with that yeah so that's what I've been doing creatively um and then I've been moving my membership to Mighty Networks which has been a thing (laughs) it's been a thing with a capital T yeah it's a whole new we all know how to be in Facebook groups. Yeah. We all know what to do with that. That's simple. Yeah. Um, but when you've got to join something completely new, and I was just saying to Alice before it start before we started that when you're involved in designing something, it all seems to make perfect sense. But when you come into it from the outside and you are really busy with a thousand things. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's one more thing I have to do now. I have to join mm-hmm. this thing and figure out how it works. And then you do it, um, but something doesn't go quite like you expected. And then you're confused. Um, and then you're on the other end dealing with all the confused people who are saying, well, I don't understand. Where do I find the conversations or whatever it is? But it will all sort itself out. Yeah. And and you know we worked it with testers but it's very it's always a very different thing isn't it however much this is the thing with planning isn't it however much you plan there are always things that are unexpected Mm. that you know you can't plan for every eventuality you can't predict every single thing but what I'm excited what I'm enjoying is actually that once people are in they are enjoying it Mm. The comments we're getting are oh this is fun this is exciting yes it's intuitive uh, and of course it's going to take a little bit of time I have to say as the host of the space I'm enjoying it much more mm. I, I'm enjoying not having the Facebook distractions it feels easier to respond to people to stay on target to see like where people are posting it just feels more considered and I'm really enjoying that so 
yeah, that's been a big thing. We've been playing around with it since November. And where are we now? The middle of February. Yeah. It's any time you, you, any time you start something that involves technology, Mm. if you're going to change technologies or get a new, it just takes a lot longer than you think it's going to. It's like house renovations. It's just going to be twice as time consuming and twice as stressful as you mentioned but at the end of it all, you look around and you have a lovely new bathroom or whatever. So let's yeah, hope it feels saw, like that at the end. I saw a very funny, um, must have been a reel on Instagram that was basically taking the mick of how every conversation in Grand Designs goes with Kevin McLeod. <laughs> it was like, okay. And then the weather put things off and then Tracy became pregnant and then yeah. the windows were late to be delivered and then Tracy became pregnant again <laughs> and they went over budget and finally and then the they kids have a house made of eco straw <laughs> and they're very happy with it. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. There we all are building our grand designs projects in different ways all going if it was if it was brand designs when you started your mighty networks kevin mcleod would be there saying (laughs) do you really think that's a good idea and you'd be the one saying yeah 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 we've got it all under control we've got a plan and then he would walk away saying i don't think alice has thought this through (laughs) he'd be doing his little aside to camera wouldn't he yeah oh dear actually do you know what Kevin McLeod was one of my people when I first started that I thought if I can do things like Kevin McLeod I'll be happy because he always seems so calm and gentle yeah Uh, uh, Kevin McLeod for everybody outside the UK he's (laughs) this I think he was an architect in another life and he does I think he still is a bit of an architect isn't he and he does this program called Grand Designs where people have the most ridiculous ideas for houses like he said I'm gonna build a tower out of hay bales and I'm gonna (laughs) or I'm gonna turn a grade two listed house into this magnificent modern thing or I'm gonna take an old water tower that's fallen down and turn it into a mansion miles from anywhere yeah it's ridiculous (laughs) or I'm going to go in the Scottish Highlands where everything's very traditional and build a monstrosity with big glass windows that all the neighbours will hate me forever and ever but I'll have actually um, I went to Bolton recently in Lancashire and there's a there's a grand designs house as you come along this lane and it just stands out like a sore thumb it's this giant glass thing and apparently it was one of the most disastrous grand designs ever so With that in mind, let's move on to email. Okay, email then. So my question last night was, it prompted me to have a quick look at the people. There were a couple of things that I was doing. The first thing was, in somewhat of a panic, and yes, this should probably be on a list of things you do every month or every quarter or something, export your email list as a CSV file. You can do it in every platform. Good idea to do as a backup. I hadn't done it for a while. I ended up doing it last night in a panic. And after I'd done that, I was looking at, because MailerLite bills you according to how many people you have on the list at different levels. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do this and pay again, let me just see where I am in relation to these levels. And I was just looking to see if I could remove some people that I am paying for each year who maybe aren't doing things. But what do you do with people who have received 23 emails, have opened 23 emails and haven't clicked a single one? Would you call them engaged people or not engaged people? You mean they haven't clicked on any of the things you've asked them to click through to? Yeah. So mine does mine, I don't know how, I think you're, you might have to click through to different things on yours. Mine, the bulk of it is in the email. Yeah. So they don't have to click anything. They just read it. But then I will have, you know, click to listen to the podcast, click to, which a lot of people yep. will want to do or watch a video or yep. whatever I'm updating on. I think if they're reading the emails, I value them as being there. So I wouldn't get rid of them if they're reading emails but not buying anything, which is most people. 
because I think at some point, at some point they might buy something. They're interested enough to keep opening it. Most emails, if I think most emails that come to me from artists, I don't open. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, you see. Because they're, uh, I know what it's going to be. Here's my exhibition. Here's what I open them if I, if I really like the artist and I'm in the mood for um, buying something or, or, you know, I'm decided to buy a painting, I might open it to see what they've, they've launched. And there are certain people I really like so I always open yours. I always open Sally Ann Ashley's. I always open Rachel's, usually open Rachel Davis's. I don't have, by the way, I'm not on very many, but there are others that come in that I just go, yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, I haven't got time. So if someone's opened it, I think they're interested in you if they've opened the email and rather than deleted it as soon as it came in. So I would keep them. Yeah, I mean, I think we... It's good to say now that the open statistic that you get, so when you have emails, whether it's in MailChimp or Flowdesk or MailerLite or whatever you use, Active Campaign, whatever you use, that you get all these statistics, who's seen, who's clicked, who's open. The open statistic is not reliable, though. No. Or because of the way... It's slower than it really is. Yeah. Does it make a difference what the subject line is to you? Or do you open it more according to who it's from and what time and space you're in at the time it arrives? Well, personally, I would say usually the the latter, who it's from and the time. But there have been times when I'm sure when a subject line has caught my attention and I've opened it because I think we all do that. I'll tell you what I discovered, though, in my open rates, I don't know if you've checked this, but in MailChimp, which is the one I use, you can choose to, uh, I'll get uh, recorded about a 50% open rate on my Sunday newsletter. I think it's higher because like you said, the open rates are lower than they really are because it doesn't Mm -hmm. register certain things. But anyway, let's say it's 50%. So you might think, all right, I can get rid of 50% of these people. They don't open my emails. But you can do a a thing where you say, if somebody hasn't opened any of the last 10 emails, say, um, give me that list. And Mm -hmm. that list will be really quite small. Um, So what I realize is, yes, it's always about 50%, but it's not the same 50%. And if I single people out and click and look, I can see that there are certain people who open every single week without fail, but there are others who open this week then not that week but someone else opened that week so I'm really careful about deleting people although I do delete people regularly um but I did once get that the wrong way around on MailChimp and I I thought I was deleting everybody who hadn't opened it I was deleting everyone who had opened every email for the last and then we had all these people emailing in saying, where was my newsletter this week? And I always get it. And these were people like my coaches or my very first followers. And I'd got rid of them all. And I had to get the archive list, download it, and then put them all back in again. So, yes, be careful when you're deleting. Yeah, but the other can... thing that I've almost done at times is because all of these things you can kind of stack up so you can create a segment. So you can say, like, people who have opened less than, fewer than 10 and have clicked on less than two or something and then it will give you a certain number of people and you can see and one of the things the important thing to do and I noticed this within um if you're not careful it will suggest to you people are are not engaged if they haven't opened or clicked on a certain number well if they've only just joined your list three weeks ago and you only send an email once a month in three months, they're only going to have had three chances to open an email. Yeah. So 
in in kind of marketing email terms, they might not have opened very many emails, but if those ones just happen to arrive at a time, like you say, when they're they're busy or they're not interested that day, you're not giving yourself very many chance to to get those kind of statistics, are you? And mm. I have certainly at times in the past almost just deleted a whole bunch of people who literally only joined in the last month because they're showing as not having opened <laughs> any or clicked any. Well, that's because they haven't received any. Yeah. So you do have to be careful. You do. Have I, hope, to... I hope I did it right last. And, and there are people like you've been saying for a while that you're not opening a lot of emails and that you're fed up with emails. And But if even then, if there's an artist, you really love their work, and you're wanting to buy one of their pieces, but the right piece hasn't come along or whatever. If you saw an email from them saying new collection launched, you would open that. Yeah. But if they deleted you because the last few emails they sent that said, you know, I've, I've been in the studio again and you didn't read that they would be losing you, your custom because they think just because you've gone off emails, you've gone off them. So I think that's tricky. Or like with yours, there might be people who are getting them. If they're opening them every time, but they're not clicking when you've got paintings for sale. Like I'm picturing this poor person who's thinking, I don't want to click that link because I know I can't afford anything. So I'm just going to wait. And then one year, five years from now, they're going to say, oh, I can finally buy one of Alice's paintings. Except they stopped getting that our emails because we stopped emailing them because we think they're not interested mm -hmm. so if, you know five years from now when they win the lottery they've they've forgotten about us because we stopped emailing them so it's tricky this deleting people I think it's it's yeah. always dangerous and the other element that I find with emails is even the mood that I'm in with emails at the moment when I see emails in my inbox and I'm not opening them. Just seeing them in my inbox is a little trigger. And sometimes I might not open them, but I might even go, oh, I wonder what they're doing and go and search for them on Instagram or search and have a look at their website directly rather mm. than open the email and click a link. That's a good point. It's a good little reminder. Yes, that that company still exists or that person or that. It's just holding your nerve then, isn't it? It's the longevity, but it, it made me think a couple of things. So I also noticed when I was messaging somebody about the Mighty Network thing, we were having a DM conversation about it on Instagram. And I noticed that the last time she had messaged me was about something, I think in 2021, and now she's in the membership and she only recently just joined. Mm. That's three years. Yeah. Now, most email marketers would go, I mean, there's a whole school of thought who go, get somebody on your email list, have a thing to sell them, sell them something quick. If they don't buy something quick, then get rid of them. And I just, mm. I think with art, it's different. And we have to, we have to think differently about it then. Yes. We have to get okay with the long haul, which is hard. And uh, yes, and the cost of the long haul. So like with MailChimp now with my mailing list, I think my bill is about £750 a month. That's a lot of money, right? £750 a month. However, when I send an email out, I always get some new Art Tribe members. Yeah. Just a few here and there that trickle in. When I have paintings to sell, one painting will cost that much, but I will maybe put 10 up for sale in that one email. Mm. So the cost of it is just a cost. I see it as just a cost of doing business, like the cost of my Kajabi that I run my courses on, or that it's slightly annoying now that everything is a subscription. We used to buy things and then have mm. them, but now everything is ongoing. But Zoom, you know, I pay for Zoom and that's not cheap. There are things that we pay for that are part of doing business. And whenever I've thought about deleting lots of people, although I say I do delete people who don't open anything, but when I think about deleting lots of people to save a bit of money, it just feels like a false economy. It just mm -hmm. feels like 
and I, I remember a conversation in your group recently, somebody, and I can't remember who, was getting to the payment point. Yeah. Their mailing thing. Okay. And, they were, yeah. and they were saying, oh, you know, uh, should I should I delete some people to stay below? And a few people responded that, yeah, I do delete people to stay below that link. Yeah. To stay below that level. And uh, apologies to those people if you're listening, because some of the people who said that I love as people but I just wanted to get hold of you and shake you all and say what you want to keep your business below a certain level so you don't have to pay an extra hundred pounds or something when the hundred pounds will bring you in so much more whether it's revenue you want or eyeballs or attention or you know galleries or whatever that that is how you get it and by the way if you have a mailing list I'm assuming that's what you want because if you didn't want that you wouldn't be bothering doing the emailing so we have to just see it as a cost of doing business I think on the other hand it can be demoralizing can't it when you send out emails and nobody does buy the thing or very few people buy the thing or you ask for responses and people don't respond it can feel like you're talking to yourself. And I understand that because in the beginning, when I didn't have a big list, that's how I felt. I'd send out things and no one would buy a painting after I'd sent them a very carefully crafted email or yeah. no one would answer me yeah. when I asked a question. And that's a bit depressing, but you have to realize that goes away the more people you bring in. If you If you're engaging and that's the other thing. Yeah, I think there is that there's a difference, isn't there? So the kind of level that you're talking about with your list before anybody freaks out is like you've been established for quite a long time and your list is it includes the list for people who are interested in your membership. Yes. Come from YouTube in, in your course that yeah. you do once a year. So for me, I have that on a separate list. Mm -hmm. um, so my mailer light one is is mainly for my paintings and so cost wise okay. it's okay. yeah I, it's a totally separate system for me because like it's a separate business it's a separate I keep everything separate in case HMRC come and jump on me um so it's much more affordable the, ma the mailing list part of it is much more affordable so usually we're talking about when people start and mailer light and mailchimp they all started with this free offer and i think we can get fixated in this we have to it, it's free and mm. there are a lot of things that when you have to make the jump to okay am i paying for it and i always come back to you know what's the return on investment in this like 25 pounds a month what's that 250 300 euros a year um for the starting point i think for mailer light so you have to sell one painting so make it make that a priority mm -hmm. like your email list is not going to sell you paintings if you don't send emails yeah, um, your mailing list is not going to sell you paintings if you're not making collections of work. Your mailing list is not going to sell emails if you don't have a way for people to buy what you sell. But what are the things that you need to have in order to get that return? And a mailing list, without a doubt, without a doubt is one of them. And it gets to the stage where you need to pay for it. And often I'll have people in my group say, well, yes, but, you know, when I put my paintings up for sale on my mailing list, mm -hmm. no one buys one, as I was saying mm -hmm. before. But there's a way to do that. So say you, you say to yourself, I have to sell one painting this month to pay for this. Let me see if I can do it. Instead of just putting telling people once, put one painting your favorite one in the newsletter and instead of saying it's for sale tell a story about it tell why it's so important to you tell why you care about it so much tell what it's about tell how you made it and you won't have to put it up for sale or say a price because you'll get emails asking for that because there's an there so People give up after once saying, here's my new collection, please buy it, and then waiting, and then nothing happens. But no, put that painting up, then tell the story of another one, then tell us, and you bring people into That's what I found. Eat paintings that stuck around 
if I do a, this is why I love this one so much. Yeah. Somebody will email and say, can I, can I buy that one? Is it available? Yeah. So you've got to try and do this. And I always go back to this, but you once said to us uh, in a meeting I was in, if you had to make £20,000 from your art, could you? And this was when we were all fairly beginners. Mm. And I remember thinking, she's just off a rocker. How can I do that? She's mad. And you said, but if you had to have a life-saving operation that cost £20,000, could you do it then? And then everyone started to think, hmm, could I, if I really tried? It, it's that it's that you've got to go into the mindset, a different mindset, if you want email to work for you in selling. But that does not mean selling, selling, selling on your mm. email. That's the counterintuitive part. It means what we've been talking about, building up relationships over time through sending engaging emails. I like your emails because your emails always, you're better than me at this. Your emails always sound like you're just chatting and it's just you. And it sounds really like, like a friend writing to me, even though I know you sent that to however many thousands of other people. Still, I like yours. Um, and there's a few other people who write like that that I enjoy because it's engaging and it feels like we have a relationship. You see, this is really interesting because I always think that you're a better writer. A, a you're a more prolific writer than me. You do yours much more regularly. You stick to a system that works for you that goes out every week. I am. I have not sent an email since November. But that's somehow connected to the fact that you're not. You don't like emails at the moment. I know. So I can understand that. I know, and. And it's also interesting that after last night, the big thing that I wrote down, apart from calm down, Alice, on my piece of paper. <laughs> calm down, Alice. It go. Um, <laughs> and then I wrote down, you know, what is the moral of this, which is send more emails. Yeah. Send more emails. And I think that leads us on to this, this thing about why, why, don't we send more emails? So if we can get comfortable with the idea that sometimes what we send, what we write, what we put in the subject line, what we include is just going to be the wrong time for somebody and they're going to be busy. It doesn't mean that we are doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And we also want to use each, just like each painting, each email as a little bit of a learning experience, like it compounds on each other. So, and I always say this when we, when I'm talking to people about social media, if they post on Instagram, you know, twice a month, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to practice. Mm. Why aren't I listening to my own advice when it comes to emails? Why can't I just say to myself with emails, just just write an email. I could do. Logically, I could. I could just copy and paste whatever I've said in my last Instagram post. Send it in an email. Mm. I don't. And I find that really, really interesting. Yeah. Because we could make it so much easier. I could make it. I'm not. I could yeah. make it so yeah. much easier for myself. Is it the fact that I have to open up an interface that feels a little bit unfamiliar? Okay, well get over yourself woman I have just built a whole flipping platform and figured out a whole load of this is not insurmountable stuff yet here I am I definitely make mine easy for myself by which I mean so I have set things I always put my latest video in and that's already set up for me yep. in a template that someone else made for me yep. and my podcast our podcast goes and that's all set up but then the the piece that I write every week, I literally, I take Gary Vaynerchuk's advice of document, don't create. So I don't try and think what piece of wisdom or, you know, something can I share this week? I think, what have I, what am I thinking about? What am I concerned with? What have I been doing? And then I write that. And for me, I find because I just start writing directly in the email thing without editing somewhere else, Okay. 
I somehow get to a point by the end. It's a bit like when we make a painting. If I just let it come out, it kind of circles back to a point. They're not always brilliant. Some, some are better than others, but it has a point at the end. It kind of makes sense. And I don't have to do too much editing. It just comes out. But if I sit there and think, right, let me say something, you know, worthwhile this week, that's when I can just sit there and stare and stare and stare because I don't know what to say. So it will be, I went to this exhibition in London and I saw these David Hockney drawings and it made me think this. That's just yep. what's in my head. I'm, I'm just putting what's in my head into that newsletter. And I think that is where a lot of, I don't know about for you, but a lot of people get stuck in feeling like, right now, and same on Instagram, right now I'm going to write something worthwhile instead of what was I thinking five minutes ago? Let me write that. That will be someone else. And it's the same with painting, that if you love a painting, someone else will love it. If you've had that thought, someone else will resonate with it. So that is how I do it to make it to make it something I can do every week. And then I enjoy sitting down to do it because it's almost like journaling. Yeah. It's like clar clarifying what I'm thinking about something. It's so you're almost doing it as well for yourself, which again goes against quite a lot of the Yeah, against the advice. Quite a lot of the I mean it for myself. But this is the thing, isn't it? Is that some of it does go against advice. I think it's interesting that you start with writing first. I often start with an image first. So when I'm stuck, I will go through my I'll I will the same thing as you yeah, I'll go through my up. camera roll and just see what what have I been doing this week um I think I make it difficult for myself by thinking it has to be new and different from what I've put on social and maybe it doesn't yeah that's something I need to because yeah. we know what social reach is like these days and it's different people as well like I know that there are people on my mailing list who aren't on Instagram yes you know, they definitely won't have seen it so I think that's like, what is your starting point? The other thing, you mentioned having a template. Um, I've never had a template. I just pick a previous email and write, like redo the blocks on top of it. Uh, but I think yeah, that's, that's what I do too. Sorry, yeah. But okay. it's the same structure. It's always there. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting to notice whether, I mean, for some people, it might be easier to write in a different place and copy it over. I quite, I'm like you, I quite like writing it in in the email builder yeah but I do think that sometimes people overcomplicate it in terms of too many graphics and that's the bit that takes the time so maybe simplifying like okay if you've got a header or something that's there that's there you can use that on repeat but you don't have to make loads of graphics but I, I do like pictures in it which again goes against all like supposed top email rules don't they say don't send too many pictures and I think we're artists that's what people want to see part of the time we yeah. need to include some pictures yeah I think we're just going back to this thing of who is it for I think I know that when I share something that's personal that I've been thinking about art in some form or another other people will have been thinking the same thing so I know it will resonate yeah where I think you people go really wrong, though, is in not writing for an audience at all. So they, in other words, their newsletters will be, well, here's what I've been up to this month. Here's where I'm showing my work. Here's what I have for sale. There's a difference between here's what I've been up to and creating something with either a little story or a little something you're yeah. sharing generously whether that is sharing your process or sharing you know a struggle you've had with something I was working on this and this this was where I struggled and here's how I resolved it as opposed to here's what's been going on in the studio this month and I always think I don't care I don't care not if you don't make it engaging for mm. me you've got to Again, like a painting, there's got to be some room for me in it uh, as the reader. And I, I struggle sometimes with the newsletters I do like. It's hard to pinpoint what is this person doing that that one isn't. But it's, it's, it's an openness and an honesty in the ones I love reading. It's a, 
it's literally this is what's been going on and this is how I feel about it not our best Chinese version of ourselves that we want to share with the world and it's the same as what works on Instagram isn't it the 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 more honest and open and natural you are the more other people connect with you or the right people and I'm thinking I wonder if that's easier when you feel like you're writing to other artists and then I respond to myself, okay, well, other artists might understand and appreciate that from their own understanding and point of view, but people who don't make art, like, where was I the other day? Oh, I know, when I was at the studio the other day, we're having heating put in, apparently, yeah, but I was having a conversation with a guy who's in another unit who does spray painting uh, kitchen doors and shutters, and he was coming in and he he looked at my studio, which to me just looks like a bit of a junky mess. It's got plain things on the wall. It's got canvas on the floor, like nothing's really started. And he's always like, it's so amazing seeing in your space. I always love it when you have the door open. It always just like it has such a lovely feel to it. And I just wish that I, and I forget that. Yes. Yes. I forget that can be enough. You feel that everything has to be more than and I think it can be simple but I agree with you I think the writing has to be good if you're going to be doing writing because I would say that I also do know some artists who do literally just send out emails and say here are my paintings and when the paintings are beautiful and you've got people on your list who are collectors that works too. Yes if you've built up a a list of people who you know want your paintings you don't need to do but but the way you've built that list of people is by engaging them somehow either in words or in person at events or somewhere you have engaged people to the point that they want to buy your paintings that's the key isn't it we don't all do it by writing um People can send a video out as a newsletter. It doesn't have to be. And if you don't like seeing yourself on camera, you could do a video of yourself working and we just see your hands and you you talk for a few minutes. Yeah. There's a way to make it work. I'm sure you could do an audio newsletter. I've not, I don't actually receive one, but I don't know why you couldn't do one. That'd be like a podcast then. Yeah. That you send it out in a newsletter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's ways to, or as you said, maybe it's just a short newsletter that's that's a really cool thing that you might have put on Instagram, but instead you put it in an email to people. A short, yeah. two paragraphs and a picture, and that's it. It's just this not overthinking. So it's key things, isn't it? So for me, it's not overthinking. I think the other thing that we both feel is important, like don't hold yourself back from growing. And it's just this, learning as you practice it mm-hmm. like you can do so much analysis or which email lines subject lines worked which got more click like I know you know if I send out an email and it's about people coming to visit Manchester Art Fair well very small percentage of my list are going to click that because not everybody lives near Manchester yeah. Art Fair yeah. so that's gonna like change my overall statistic like all sorts of things are going to be different I just think the rules are different for us and these the the kind of questions that I've been asking myself like it's just been interesting because from a little bit of panic it's thrown me back into okay how do I want to use my emails so yeah yeah they we didn't plan this everyone so this is genuine don't you do it very differently one thing I would say is don't try and use AI. I've tried it in oh. so many different ways. It just doesn't work. <laughs> I've tried it to edit and make things more concise because MailChimp always tells me that my emails are a bit too complicated too long, in the it? language. Oh, it tells me they're too long. I ignore that because I know that's what people want. So I'm not going to. But but yes, it also tells me my sentences are it's supposed to be a certain reading level and mine are higher and so I've tried AI to take what I've written and then make it more simple. And it just sounds like it's talking to a baby or, and I know everybody don't tell me it's the prompts. I'm sure I'm doing it wrong. But then I have also just for fun, had it try and write subject lines 
absolutely pathetic. The worst subject lines ever. Um, I, I say, give it, you know, make this more clickable, the subject line. And it says something like, hey, click this here. It's like, no, not that. <laughs> it's like having a toddler try and do it for you. There is and then, a skill to add. And if you try and get it to actually like write you a, a draft that you could it's work too off. Too generic. It's way too generic. Yeah. And it always will be because the beauty of email will always be the connection between you and someone else. And AI However, can't. I did do an experiment once with ChatGPT. So I took a bunch of emails from a copywriter and I uploaded a bunch of his emails and I said to ChatGPT, how would you describe this style of writing? And it came up with something. And then I put some of my emails in and said how would you describe this style of writing and then it came up with a bunch of stuff and then I put an email in of mine and said now can you make this a little bit more like that style of writing and that was interesting so you've got to you've got to it was quite good <laughs> it was quite good it was it was it did sound like the first version of it was like, no, okay, you've gone too far. That doesn't sound like it was. So then I had to say, okay, now pull it back a bit, make it a little bit more like the original. And it just sounded like mine had been edited better. Mm, interesting. So that's an interesting thing to try for. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm email inspired, but I might be just a little bit. Might send one out this afternoon. Might Never be just that. a little bit, maybe. <laughs> maybe uh we're going to talk very briefly about emails versus substack oh substack my favorite okay. i really want to like substack mm. i really want to like substack i really want to have a place to follow people that is off social media and i would be happily following them in substack within an app and I can't work out, and I don't know if it's me or Substack or if you just can't do it. How can I follow and subscribe to somebody and see it when I go into Substack, but not get it in my inbox? Because I don't want it in my inbox. I don't want it in my inbox either. And I get very annoyed. I'm like, yes, I like you. Yes, I think you're great. But I don't recall signing up for emails from you. It's... Yeah. Whereas when I sign up for someone's email list, I know I signed up to get emails. There's a difference when I went to Substack like you. I thought I was signing up to be notified if and when I went into Substack. Yeah. I looked at using it briefly and then I just thought, this is just putting all my best stuff on someone else's platform. Why would I do that? Email is my list. And yes, I'm using MailChimp too notify those people but like you say I can CSV those people anytime now maybe you can with Substack yeah I'm sure you can maybe you can CSV your followers but if you've got so much C to CSV say, sorry we said that before I said it before CSV oh, yeah, is just like a really basic spreadsheet like with no formatting so you, you just get all the information it. and it means that you get all the content, all the information. So if, for example, you're moving from one email to another, you would download the CSV, which would include the name, the email, any tags, and you might need to tweak it before you put it in another place. But it's a way of storing the information without it being formatted. Yeah, but I'm I, sure I you can do it with Substack. I thought about writing on Substack and then I thought, okay, but I have my own blog. Why, why would I put my content on their platform instead of on my website and then send an email about it, which I can do myself. I don't need to do. And I know there's supposed to be a whole community, but I've become so annoyed by it that I, I, cause I'm not going to log into Substack and start reading things ever. And I don't like the emails coming in. So it must just be me. It's just not for me, I don't think. I do wonder if it's better if you're growing, though, because they do have the recommend. Mm. I mean, that's the mm. thing that's supposed to be good about it. And, of course, then you can have paid levels if you want to keep some of your stuff behind a paywall. So I wonder if you were growing, if you were starting now, you would feel differently about it. Maybe. I'd, I don't think so because it's a silo. It's off over there and it's it feels to me like a gated community 
whereas Instagram or Facebook feel like uh, open, like, yeah, they feel public. And I know that that appeals to some people. It's the idea of going into a gated community away from everyone else. But I want to sell my work, so I'm not interested in that. It depends what your motivations are. Or I want people, I want to be read by as many people as possible. So I'm, I don't want to go in a place where it's all shut off from everyone. And then we can all say to each other, oh, aren't we in a nice community here away from all the other people? Yeah, but you can have stuff public on Substack and it, it is searchable just like a website is. I think the problem for me would be, as you say, it then ends up splitting a little bit your direction between if you're sharing something, what do you then share? Do you share your website or do you share your Substack? Uh-uh. And anytime there's that kind of indecision, then that's just a little bit more resistance. You're sending yeah. people to them to enhance their business instead of sending them to you to enhance yours. Um, mm. On the other hand, I do see that if you put it on your own website, you don't reach any new people because it's only the people who are going to get your email about your thing on your website whereas yeah, it depends what you be. write doesn't it though because on your website it is searchable it is seo searchable you can save things to pinterest yeah that brings huge amounts of traffic to your website and it builds over time yeah whereas if it's all on Substack, i don't know i know people who are loving it on there yeah loving it so it comes down to no single right way again doesn't it which exactly. is exactly and it's what you, it's, it's like you said about emails, you're not feeling great about them. That's probably why you're not writing them. When I, every time Substack annoys me, I'm like, oh, I'm not writing on there because it's just annoying me. But that's just me. That's just for whatever reason that is getting on my nerves in the way that social media gets on some people's nerves. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we've got to find, and Substack might be your thing. It might be. I, I think at least with social media, though, like I I make the decision whether I'm going to click on Instagram and scroll and read stuff. Mm. Whereas what I find difficult with Substack is, like I say, if it was like the Substack icon is on my phone, if I want to go into it and click and read, but I am hesitant to create a happy space on Substack that I can go into and read and enjoy because whenever I follow somebody that also means I get stuff in my inbox yeah. if I'm doing it wrong please somebody tell me and I, I don't still... think so because I do subscribe I subscribe to people yeah. and then it all comes by email and I can't yeah. see another way to follow them so I will discover interesting writing from people and I think great this is like this is amazing this is like a free magazine with an intelligent writing and interesting things and lots going on in it but if I subscribe to you all I suppose I could have another email for it. Could set yeah. up a separate email account and put them all in there. But then that kind of defeats the object, doesn't it? I don't know. And also, who has time for all this additional writing? When are we going to get anything done? We're already really busy. <laughs> That's the same thing about everything, though, isn't it? Yeah. Who has the time? Yeah, I mean, I'm very limited in people say, how do you stay off Instagram and how do you stay off your phone to each yeah. other? And how do you limit? But I, I'm very limited in the time I spend on yeah. those things anyway, because there's no, I haven't got any bandwidth for, for lots of other people coming in. Mm. So Substack is just one more thing. So I personally think there's still nothing better than email and your own website for building relationships with people. But there'll be people listening to this screaming out mm. to us but I've been so successful on Substack mm. so if that's true um, send us a message or leave us a comment I always post this on Facebook and we both put it on our websites and sometimes we put it on Instagram but you can get in touch with us in various ways and just let us know what yeah. you think if we're wrong about this or if well we're never wrong but you well. know I don't think it's a question of being wrong so much as really, you know, exploring what feels the right way for you or not. And, you know, yeah. if you're in Substack and you love it and you love the writing, that is the right place. for That's the right place for you to be, because yeah. if you love it and you do it, you'll do more of it. Mm -hmm. And this is why I'm not writing emails at the moment. But let's just wait and see, because I do agree with you. I do think it is the best 
most consistent, most long-term, reliable way to do things, but you've got to hang on in there. Mm. The early stages, particularly. Also, it's quite fun in the really early stages when you're only writing to 40 people who know exactly who they are. I really quite liked that part. I see. I prefer the anonymity of large numbers. Yeah. I'm always a bit freaked out to meet a person in real life who says, I listen to, I mean, it's lovely and don't get me wrong. And if you see me somewhere, do come and tell me. But it's a bit like, oh, oh, that's a real person. Whereas a big list of lots and lots of people, I don't know who you are. And I feel free to just Take write. The pressure off. Yeah. 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 Just interesting how it changes. Okay, well, there we go. There's a very non-practical discussion on emails. If you're looking for five tips on how to make your emails better, this is not the podcast. If you're looking for that, guess what? You can Google it and there'll be a a blog on somebody's website. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, best best email tips for artists will be out there. Yes, for sure. For sure it will. And you can read it and decide whether how much of it you agree with or not. I think that's the thing. Okay. Okay, do you have a recommendation? I do, Alice said, because I just told her I have a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, I don't know what's inspired, but I have a recommendation. If you get Amazon Prime to get to watch Fargo season five, okay. um, which I love Fargo, but the seasons three and four went a little bit off the boil, I think. It's one of those dramas where it's all set in the same place, but it'll be a completely different story, different cast of characters every season. And so this season has Juno Temple, who was in Ted Lasso, and she is incredible. And the story's brilliant, and it's weird, and it's just I love it. I'm only halfway through, so I don't know how it ends. But yeah, I'm a big recommendation for that. Okay, I've never watched any Fargo. Have you never even seen the film? Uh-uh. Oh, your friend there in the wood chipper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best okay. Fargo film. Unbelievable. Because what I love about Fargo, and the film is true as well, it's about, it's usually about women just excelling but women that you wouldn't expect to be excelling so average every day uh gets overlooked nobody pays attention mum who is actually incredible like we all are and doing amazing things so I really like that about Fargo so you've got to start with the film because then the rest of tone of it all makes sense all right next time we're looking for something i'll start with that okay i'm going to give you one thing then which Stuart posted in our new space this is not art related but i just love this for lent he said um he's not giving up chocolate or do anything like that uh he's going to get rid of 40 items from his house every day for 40 days So by the end, that will be 1,600 items gone. Now, he says a paperclip counts as one item. So if you're having a clear out of your desk drawer, you can get through your 40 items pretty quickly. If I was doing it, I definitely know it would be irregular. Like, so some days there would be a lot. I would do it by area. So I might pick just one space each day. But I thought that was quite a nice thing to do in spring. Yeah, I, d- I don't have that much stuff. So I could do... Maybe you're all right then. One a day, but I one do a, day. a garage full of junk. I could do... I've been thinking of having a clear out of the garage and putting the stuff on Facebook Marketplace and just because there's all sorts in there yep. and it's just piling up and just put it on Facebook Marketplace and just get rid of it all. You take it to a car bit of money to pay my tax bill with. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. We'll see what we do with that. Good idea. I might do one a day. Yeah, even if you did one a day, 10 a day, whatever, or just one area a day. I'm one of those people that throws everything away. So apart from in the garage, I'm quite clear, you know, but then I'm the also the person who needs the thing I threw away two weeks after I threw it away okay. or gave it away or put it in the charity shop. And then I think, oh, what's that thing? I need it now. Yeah, I might I might do the bathroom cabinet. That's on my list. Okay, that's inspiring. Right. 
isn't it? It is inspiring. Is it? Yeah, with Swedish death clearing, remember? <laughs> right, there we go then. That's it for another time. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>